This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to Awareness Explorers. I'm Jonathan, and I'm with my friend and co-host. Ryan. Oh, we, we're on a first-name basis now. We don't even say our last name. <laughs> I was just following suit. I get that. And, you know, it's it goes along with the theme of today's topic, which is both identification and disidentification. And we are so non-identified with ourselves that we can just say our first name. And th <laughs> this topic is interesting. We've talked a little bit about identification, and we'll go more into that. And we've talked about disidentification, and we'll go more into that. But we haven't talked about them together as like a yin-yang. And so we hope to explore the advantages and disadvantages of each of them and how they might be appropriate in different circumstances. But when we came up with this topic, Brian, what was the thing that showed up in your mental space? Well, I certainly know that identification is the central issue in all of non-duality and awareness practices. In other words, do we identify with this individual mind, body, and personality, or do we identify with the pure field of awareness in which all of that appears? And I think that it's also a little scary for people who might be afraid that they're going to lose their identification with their individual person, because they, maybe they like their individual person. And so I think we might explore how we can salvage both. Yeah, get the best of both worlds. Yep. Well, let's look at identification, the advantages and disadvantages. I mean, it is what minds do. It's what the average person is completely identified with their either personality or their body. And of course, there were important survival abilities put into that. That's why we do it, you know, in, in terms of the last 300,000 years, if we weren't very identified with our body, our personality and our tribe, it would have made it harder to survive. But that identification has kind of run amok. Now we're identified with so many things, our religion, our beliefs, our, our personal story, our work. And every time we include more identification, it can lead to more anxiety and less peace. That's how I look at it. Yes, and more separation from others. When we identify with our political party, or even our state or hometown, uh, let alone our country, we're identifying with a position, with a stance, with a point of view, and the whole reason to have a stance and a point of view is to separate yourself from others. And it's going against actual reality. In, in reality, there, I believe there is no separation. We're all simply one energy temporarily rising and falling in various forms. I think of us as being in one big pot of chicken soup. We're all in the soup together, uh, but 
uh, we're saying, no, uh, this is my soup. No, this is my soup. And it's kind of funny after a while. Yes, yes. And and actually, a, a pot of chicken soup might have chicken in it. It might have peas and carrots in it and various things. So it may seem, it may appear to have distinct elements. But if we if we really look and ask ourselves, what is everything that we notice appearing in? And we notice that they're all appearing in the same field of awareness. And then we kind of step back and look out again from there. We see that it's it's just one awareness. It's not awareness of this in one little compartment and awareness of that in another little compartment. It's all it's all awareness. And the more you look at that, the more it seems like all that we notice, including our sense of ourself, is made of awareness. And that's where, when you can disidentify from whatever you're attached to or identified with, those other possibilities open up. But I don't want to give short shrift. I don't want to demean the value of attachment because it's allowed us to survive the the value of identifying. I'm a big fan of the uh, author Yuval Harari, who wrote uh, Sapiens and a book called Homo Deus. And he talks about how because humans can get very attached and identified with certain stories that's allowed us to survive, such as the story of money. Money is just generally pieces of paper or plastic, but every human being on earth pretty much values it as a way of getting stuff done and helping us to survive and thrive in different ways. But when our identification goes to things that separate us unnecessarily, like this nation against that nation, it causes all kinds of problems. And that's often what we are dealing with nowadays. Yes, and interesting, uh, he also says that um, conflicts between countries and even between, uh, well, conflicts between, let's say, any political entity, we think are sometimes about territory or resources. And he believes that they never really are. They're always about beliefs. Yeah, identifications with certain beliefs. You know, besides it, it, the way this manifests in the world, you could see it in just how much people identify with their sports team. And what's funny about sports teams is that the people on that team aren't even from that country or city anymore. You know, everybody's trading everybody else, but we identified if I'm from Kansas City, I'm so big into the Kansas City Chiefs. And because most of the people on that team don't weren't brought up in Kansas City, what we're really identifying with is the color of their uniform, or as Jerry Seinfeld once said, we're identifying with people's laundry. <laughs> and and we're willing to have a great week or a terrible week based on whether the laundry that we're rooting for did well that week. I, it looks ridiculous. But that's the level of identification we do. And and there's some fun in that. You know, I like I like certain sports teams. I like rooting for them. But we do the same thing with our religious beliefs, with our political party. And we're even willing to die for 
the beliefs that we've been ingrained in in terms of like going to war for our country or religious wars. It's really gone out of control that all we know for most of us is identify fully with something and don't let go. Right. And um, that whole sportsification of politics that's happened, uh, we we make the other side wrong no matter what. In other words, they're not wrong because we have reasoned that they're wrong. They're wrong because they're the opposing team. Yeah. And we identify with this team. And that, I'm not saying that everybody is like that, but that's pervasive. And it's, you know, it's really dangerous. It's one form of identification. That's the outer form of identification. As you go deeper and deeper into what you identify with, it gets more subtle and more closer to home as it approaches mm -hmm. your your body, your mind, your personality, the individual, as opposed to the group. Yeah. And, and that causes us lots of suffering as well when we overly identify with our looks and then our looks, you know, deteriorate as we get older or our body deteriorates as we get older, or even our mind might deteriorate as we get older. And that fact that we don't know how to disidentify or how to enlarge our identification causes us a lot of unnecessary suffering. Yes, and I like the fact that you used enlarge our identification. As a matter of fact, in the last episode when we talked to Sid Friedman about his effortless IFS he has certain metaphors like the, the hot tub. You know, we have different parts of ourselves that we identify with, the critic part or the or the rebellious part or the obedient part or whatever. And we we merge with them. But when we see them all, when we get a bigger picture, we expand out and see them as just different parts, all sort of basking in the same hot tub. Identification with any one part tends to soften when we expand and include more. Yeah, in fact, I've been using that technique of, uh, Sid talks about when you are only identified with one part, it tends to create the most suffering and the least amount of awareness or background or spaciousness. But if you can even identify two parts in you that are up, like for now, I'm identified with the podcaster. That's one part. But mm -hmm. I'm also noticing that there's another part that's a little thirsty. And as I become aware of that part and the podcaster, it actually feels like my identification has expanded. Now it's easier to be aware that um, a spaciousness with all these different parts. So that's kind of a, a non-blending or a disidentification in a very small way and and making the identification a little bit more spacious. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's uh, really good. And, uh, and uh, Sid said that it actually is a natural process. The more you include in a single view, the more the disidentification happens automatically. And the correlation is the more ease that we experience in our dealing with life. Absolutely. Great little technique. In fact, you know, people can do it right now as they're listening. Hopefully there's one part of them that's listening to the podcast. 
there might be another part that is judging the podcast. You know, thinking, oh, this one's not as good as the last one, or this one's brilliant, or whatever. So there's the judger part. And then there's the part, maybe you're driving. That's another part. As you become aware of more than one part, it expands, it takes you out of this constricted identification, which is how most people live most of the time. And when you are so identified with one part, you are setting yourself up for probably having the maximum amount of of suffering somewhere down the line. That's right. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about disidentification, because that's largely what our podcast is about, is how to have less identification with one small aspect of you and more identification with something bigger. And the something bigger can be awareness. It can be God. It can be all of nature or something. You know, people have different terms for that. And I think there's different things to identify with beyond just our small self. Do you look at it that way? Uh, Yes, although I I try not to I, I try to include any term you might be able to use to label what you yeah. identify with and include that as simply another appearance in awareness. So that uh-huh. gradually, as we keep going back and back and asking, what does that appear in? We come to something for which there are no words. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I like your way of, of speaking about that. I came across a quote by Dr. Jeffrey Martin, who we've both taken some of his courses, that really struck me. He said, all higher consciousness is some kind of form of disidentification and depersonalization. So if you want to experience higher consciousness, then you you want to learn about disidentification and depersonalization, which is really two words for the same thing in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So go on. No, yeah, expand upon that a little bit. Well, once you're disidentifying with, call it your ego personality, you are experiencing less personalization. And... So disidentification inevitably leads to less personalization. And by personalization, I mean identifying with a very limited sense of self. That's right. And why does that help? Why does that lead to so-called higher consciousness? And I, I think the answer is that we filter our experience through our own personalities, wants and needs and desires. And decisions about good and bad. And uh, we create divisions in reality which don't exist and which are basically thought-based. And direct experience of reality is experience that is unfiltered by the thinking mind that makes distinctions between everything so that we can actually experience the unity of all things without the filter of the mind identification. That was a lot of words there and very well described. I'm going to use a very different and simpler analogy, and that is uh, the ego is very constricted. And if you're identifying with that, 
you're going to have a very attached view and limited view. And the awareness or anything that we might call a greater identification is less constricted. There's more openness. Yeah, that's pretty good. And that does have a lower word count. Although I bet you we could, I bet you we could get it down even more. <laughs> yes. Yeah, probably. Um, so there's a lot of ways to expand or disidentify. I just want to list a few of them that are what I would call the like midwives. They they help take you off of a limited identification, like your ego or a certain part of you, and they help to move you towards a more expansive view where you're less identified or disidentified with um, the limited you. So various meditations, like focusing on your breath, you know, you're, you're letting go of your thoughts and you're focusing on body sensations, for example. Of course, all your awareness practices, maybe just jumping into noticing how everything is one. You know, that's a disidentification from the limited separation view. Uh, there's also, as we just mentioned, like seeing more than one part of you at a time, what internal family systems is all about. Tried and true method also include drugs and various forms of meditations. These are all paths to disidentification. I'm wondering if, if, uh, if you have additional paths or have I mentioned them all? Well, that's a pretty good list. I kind of think of them in, in two different categories uh, that I call the netty-netty path and the include-include path. And I think they both can work. They can both be two wings. And the netty-netty the path, that's a Sanskrit term for not this, not this. And basically, you say, you ask a question like, who or what am I? And every and you every answer you come up with, you say, no, I'm not that. For example, I'm my body. Okay, what notices that I have a body? What does that appear in? So if there is something that notices the body, then I can't be the body. And you just keep going back and back and back until, as I said before, it devolves into simple wordless experience. And then the opposite of that, which actually, oddly enough, can also work, is the include-include method, where you, where you look at what is in awareness and you include as much as possible. Let's say you're having a, a, an emotion you don't want. Okay, you notice that emotion. But what else is in awareness? I mean, do you hear sounds outside? Are they there? Do you feel your your body against the chair? Is that there? You include as much as you can in your current, present, right here, right now experience, and you expand, and so you start to disidentify that way. So you could say one is sort of an inward-facing path, maybe one is an outward-facing path, or you don't categorize it at all, but oddly enough, they seem to be opposite directions, but they both work. I like that. That's a very simple description of like the two basic paths to disidentification with the small self. So I like that a lot. I'm wondering if the include can be things like that expand your sense of identity. Like people will sometimes die, be willing to die for someone they love or their kids or their country. 
is that that is that changing or is that expanding your sense of identification and is that in your opinion useful it really depends on on what is the reason you're doing it for in other words if you die for a loved one like let's say uh you throw yourself in front of a car in the process of pulling your child away from the car and and you lose your life you know that that's a that could be considered an act of love and i don't see that as an identification dying for your country however can easily be simply an identification hey this is my group my tribe that i belong to and the other is wrong and i'm going to defend it so it it's a little more nuanced i think and it depends on the motivation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with that but anytime you do kind of expand your identification beyond the small you it tends to feel good, like falling in love or loving a child or loving an animal. So I think you're starting to get a taste of an expanded identity, even when you expand to some anything bigger than you. Yes. And, and, and I think that a good word would be compassion. Uh, when I talked about what is the, the motivation for it, because compassion, true compassion doesn't necessarily arise out of the idea that there are certain things I should do and shouldn't do, but they really do, it really does arise out of the sense that what is looking out through my eyes is the same as what is looking out through your eyes. I and you are one. We are the same. What what you do for me, I do for you. And compassion arises out of that ability to really identify with the connectedness of all beings, how we are mm. all just one universe looking out through billions of eyes simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. There's two more concepts that I think are worth exploring. One is a tool that I've been using, and uh, it's a very simple tool. The generic form of it is I am blank and I am blank. And so it might be, I am a podcaster now and I am awareness. You know, so whatever I'm doing, I am uh, uh, shaving and I am awareness. And it's two levels of reality. They're both true. And I notice that you're laughing. Uh, I'm curious as to why. Because as soon as you described that, I just started to feel a sense of inner happiness. It really rings true to me. I really like this technique. As yeah. I am this particular thing, and I am awareness. And and the, the the beauty part of it is, you're not saying, you're not negating something. Yeah. You know, I, and this is a trap in non-duality. You know, to to negate the world, to negate the fact. I mean, what if it's not either or? What if it's both and? What if I am a body and I am the awareness in which the body appears? Mm -hmm. I have a funny thing happened the other day. I was uh, having a challenging conversation with my wife, and I'd been doing this tool during the day, and spontaneously in my thoughts, what came up was, I am now being a jerk and I'm awareness. <laughs> and it made me laugh. You know, it's like being caught. And um, 
it was funny. I told my wife, she laughed too. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting to be aware of those two levels of reality at the same time without having to exclude anything. It's a very expanded view. It's very much what is. Yeah. So I, I really like it. It's very simple. You know, you don't have to, all you have to do is name what, what self you're in or what you're doing in that moment. And of course, we're always awareness if you're aware of anything. So uh, and if you're alive, so it, it really always rings true. I, I like it. I like there's a beauty in its simplicity. And there's just a, it just, I think, engenders a direct experience. At least it does for me. As soon as, as soon as you said it, I said, Whoa, this is a good one. We're going to, yeah, that works. Yeah. We're going to add this to the kit. Uh huh. The other subject which I find interesting is with identification and disidentification. There are people who I've seen where I think they've just disidentified too much. They are no longer really feel very human to me. I don't know if you've experienced people like that. So you have to, I think part of the art form of consciousness and living a successful life is knowing when it's okay to kind of depersonalize or disidentify with, say, your story or other people's stories. I remember once um, I was doing kind of a, a... higher consciousness tool, like headless way or something like that. And my wife commented, um, I can tell you're not really human right now. <laughs> you know, and I wasn't, I, I was like in, in the state of, of great peace and spaciousness, but she was telling me a story about her day that was difficult. And I wasn't there as like an empathic human. And so you want to make sure that at times it's very important to be in the story, in your humanity, and and to be with other people that way. And sometimes it's best to be in peace and spaciousness and and outside of all the stories that we create. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I I I I haven't, I don't. I probably don't travel in the same circles as you, so I haven't run into that many people who are so completely expanded that they that they somehow don't seem human, that they don't seem connected with their their humanity and the and the interaction between people that can engender uh, love and joy and stuff. I and if that happens, then my feeling is it's. What is it worth? I mean, what is spiritual yeah. realization worth if you are cut off from, from humanity? I mean, I didn't get into this so that I could become separate. I got into this so that I could be happy, and happiness to me involves how we live in the world and interact with other people in a way where we're not controlling and managing everything. Mm-hmm. I had an email exchange with a new friend, and he said he, his new mantra for the year is going to be enjoy, not manage. Uh-huh. You know, and 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 my and one of my favorite things to do in the world is appreciation. I love to just simply appreciate, appreciate beauty, appreciate human creativity, appreciate inventions, appreciate the fact that 
someone has gone to the trouble to install water pipes in the city or that the clouds are gorgeous or whatever you know and and this idea that somehow all of this body stuff and human stuff is somehow not spiritual and i am separate from that i think is is just going way too far in the other direction and, and except for maybe when you're meditating by yourself you know why not uh open to some of these other realms uh but when you're done meditating uh it's good to dive back into the gift we've been given which is a human birth yeah what other realms are you talking about well you know there's there's a lot of different frequencies out there to tune into i notice that sometimes i go into a realm where i have no awareness whatsoever of my body or or anything and in in some times when i meditate it takes me a while i'm i'm in a incredibly blissful spacious place and it takes a while to kind of come back into my body and remember you know um jonathan and uh this is my wife and this is my dog and you know it, it it's uh it can be fun to visit those places as long as you don't use them as a spiritual bypass yeah i agree it can be fun to visit those places and a question i have for you if you do that often enough visit those places does it inform does it color your experience in life when you're not meditating mm -hmm. hopefully <laughs> but what about your experience does it uh well i notice that days that i don't meditate i am more constricted and stressed mm -hmm. uh and days that i spend a lot of time meditating you know uh things kind of wash off me like water off a duck's back yeah that's great yeah i find that too i find that uh, the more time i spend if i'm sitting by myself just being the background in which everything appears that that does color the rest of the life in my interactions with people somehow there's more sense that we're all in the same boat there's less sense that my experience should be a certain way in order to for me to be happy mm -hmm. and you're not so identified with some story in your head that will get you to suffer that's exactly right in fact the story in your head is the main thing to disidentify with right right you know and, and one of the things i i do to help people and myself with that as i say uh so in you know two sentences or less what story are you currently running yeah good question just just identifying it that way puts it as a little bit less identified yes i love i love how you you can boil it down to these really simple and practical things to do that we can remember too well, I have a friend named Brian who wrote a couple of books like that and inspired me to look for my own ways to do this. Well, it's a good, it's a good, uh, good collaboration then. Uh huh. So, um, anything else about identification and disidentification that comes to mind? Yeah, I do have one other thought. Um, I I had a friend, and I, I wrote about this a little bit in my second book. I had a friend who was into spiritual searching but a fear would come up 
that he would lose his identity. And he he liked himself. He didn't want to lose that identity. And so he didn't give himself over to it. And um, I thought that was really profound and well articulated. And I understand his concern. And as I was thinking about it, I think that there's another way. I think that you don't have to disidentify in a way that denies your personality. I think yeah. you can disidentify it in a way that appreciates it, but appreciates it from a distance. Appreciate it as if it's your favorite character in a TV show, or mm -hmm. a novel, or a movie, or someone you admire in history, or a sports figure. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you don't have to lose that Brian, or that Jonathan, or that person that you are, that personality, if you like it, you can say, wow, that's really cool. Look at these are his strengths. These are his weaknesses or her weaknesses and her strengths. You can disidentify in a way that doesn't deny. Mm -hmm. You can disidentify in a way that simply appreciates and makes that personality just something that appears in the large awareness that's your true identity. Yeah. I am this ego and I am awareness. <laughs> right. Again, boiling it down into a few words. That's even better. Thanks. Yeah. I, I like how you put that. And it's a it's a balance, you know, it's a two-wing analogy that you want to balance those two parts of us. And uh, if you do that well, then you can soar. Yeah. Well, I hear you have a guided meditation, but before we do that, I just want to announce that thank you to our Patreon supporters. You make this possible. And we send our Patreon supporters a bunch of extra stuff, blogs and uh, extra interview bits and other stuff, including guided meditations. If you want to support us there, go to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers and Tell your friends and family about this stuff. You know, surround yourself with awareness. That's the best way. It's kind of like a, a virus, but uh, one that expands who you are. So hopefully you have people in your life that you can talk to about this stuff. But with all that being said, let's, uh, let's dive in. All right, let's do it. So this meditation explores how you can notice that your sense of yourself as a separate entity, that is, what your mind tells you I is, is simply another experience in the indivisible field of awareness, the real you. We're experiencing the all-inclusiveness of awareness by noticing that more than one mode of experience appears in the same field of awareness at the same time. So, Starting with your eyes closed, listen to the sounds around you. Maybe the hum of an air conditioner or heater, or perhaps the sound of traffic or birds or wind outside, or the sound of my voice. As you notice the sounds that appear, ask yourself, what is the silent field in which the sounds appear?
focus on each sound separately and ask the question, what is the silent field in which this sound appears? Now, see if you can notice all the sounds at the same time and ask yourself, do all the sounds appear in the same silent field? Then notice your bodily sensations, the feel of your body on the chair or your feet on the floor, or perhaps a breeze on your skin, or the rise and fall of your belly as you breathe. As you notice the sensations that appear, ask yourself, what is the empty, spacious field in which sensations appear? Notice each sensation separately and ask the question, what is the empty, spacious field in which this sensation appears? Now, see if you can notice all the sensations at the same time and ask yourself, do all these sensations appear in the same empty, spacious field? Now, see if you can notice both sounds and body sensations at the same time. Ask yourself, is the field in which sounds appear the same as the field in which sensations appear? This is the clear field of awareness. Think the thought, I. Notice what appears in your mind. It doesn't matter if it's an image, a feeling, or a concept. I'm talking about the felt sense of being yourself. Whatever it is that you're referring to when you say, I. Notice that that sense of I, whatever it is, whether it's an image or a concept, is an appearance in awareness. Now, see if you can notice all three, the sounds, the sensations, and the sense of I appearing at the same time. And ask yourself, 
are these all appearing in the same clear, empty field of awareness? Notice that in the open field of awareness, there are no borders or boundaries among any of these. No borders between sounds, sensations, or your sense of yourself. They are all simultaneously appearing in one indivisible field of awareness. That field is your true nature, clear, spacious, silent, allowing. Be that field. It's who you really are, so you might as well be that knowingly. Now, if your eyes are closed, gently open them again and take another easy, deep breath. Thank you. I love those types of meditations because they are so easy to disidentify with our small self. And it's a nice, uh, very simple way to to feel that spaciousness and peace. Yeah, it's also a, a nice, easy way to notice awareness. Some people, when they are new to awareness practices, say, but I, I can't notice awareness. And so mm. asking if, for instance, just simply sounds and sensations, if you can notice both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just asking that question alone automatically puts your attention on awareness and you can experience it directly and be it. It's kind of like the thing we talked about that when you're identified with one small part and then you become aware of another part at the same time, it creates a disidentification and more spaciousness. So yeah. when you can do two parts of your current experience like that, it kind of forces you to be aware of this background. Yep, it's the exact same principle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love principles. <laughs> and I love very simple techniques like that. Yeah, me too. Well, fun exploration as usual, Brian. And uh, I look forward to the next fun explorations that we do. Yep, always a pleasure exploring all this with you, Jonathan. Yeah, and hopefully it's very useful to our listeners to try these tools and see what happens in your own life. And until next time, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. 
We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.